I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And welcome back to everyone, whether a patron or not. Um, If you are, though, of course, one of our patrons, this is an extended ad-free version of this week's show and if you're not a patron but would like to get our ad-free and extended versions listen and interact with us live and plenty more besides do head to patreon.com forward slash uk tech the uh queen's speech over christmas failed to mention that it's a great way to start the new year i just thought i would retroactively uh mention that i believe that's what the Queen was going to say. Um, we don't have uh, Mr. Ian Morris, my usual attractive, bearded, long-haired co-host with me this week, but we do have um, a fantastic silver medal in place uh, of his bronze, which is Andy Hoyle from CNET. Hi. I just How, how are you? I'm fine. I, no, I just upgraded you from bronze to silver medal. That was, I mean, I, I'm always going for gold. But welcome back. Thank you to everyone who's been bearing with us. We had uh, plenty of emails and, and tweets and things. Laura, I know in particular, one of our listeners uh, did did email in and asked if we're still doing the show. Um, we, we Basically, the reason that we have an extended break at uh, summer and Christmas is because we want to and because we like to sleep more. And that's the truth. But we don't like to return until we know that we can sort of continue on our regular weekly cadence. If we'd have come back, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we'd have done one show and then not a show. And to be honest, we didn't think we were going to do a show this weekend, but uh, we ended up being able to pull together Andy um he was already in one piece. What I mean is we pulled him onto the show so that he and I are together. Um, <clears throat> and we're what you mean a- is you've woken me up from the sofa in order to do it. That's right. Yes, that's right. Um, and we, uh, I'd just like to thank some of our new patrons who have joined us or upgraded since uh, we were last on air. Uh, Billy and Isad and Adam have either edited their pledges upwards or joined us for the first time. So thank you ever so much because all three of you are now able to receive the extended version of our show, which is fab. And if you're having any problems uh, getting hold of the uh, exclusive RSS feed that you have for that, then obviously do send us a note. Hello at techpodcast.uk. That is more introductory rambling than I ever like to allow on this show. So shall we jump headfirst into some uh, beautiful news, Andy? Absolutely. Okay, let's start with the fact that 16 social media stars, this includes Ellie Goulding, I've heard of her, Rita Ora, I've heard of her, wrote models Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, heard of her, didn't know she was a model, Alexa Chung, Dunno, and Zoella, who I have heard of. They all agreed to change how they post online, the BBC wrote this week. This refers specifically to branding and and advertisements. They are going to have to clearly state if they have been paid or received any gifts or loans of products they endorse and follows warnings from the Competition and Markets Authority here in the UK that their posts could break consumer law. Now, the BBC said that the CMA has not made a finding on whether the influencers named did breach consumer law, but said all of them volunteered to change their practices following an investigation. And apparently, warning letters had been sent as well to another uh, a number of 
other unidentified celebrities urging them to review their social media posts. Again, that's according to the BBC. Now, this story stood out to me this week for um, for a very different reason to perhaps why the BBC picked up on it. And that's because it's been presented in the media as these high-profile celebrities and influencers have essentially agreed to obey the law. And that is in itself apparently newsworthy. And that being newsworthy is what I think is newsworthy to us. This just strikes me, Andy, as something that these people should have been doing anyway. And if you're being paid to promote something and it is against the law to not do so, agreeing to do it is like saying, OK, well, I'll agree not to rub a bank today. Or yeah, am I missing something I, th- I thought this was already the law because i know is. that it is on on youtube and particularly because I, I i watch quite a lot of um uh, photographers um on with their youtube channels and it's always the case that if they are um using an item or talking about an item that they have had sent in uh, for free or that they've or that they've been paid to say like they do always outline that very clearly um and i i don't know of anyone that doesn't do that particularly when they've built up a big audience and they know that they could have their entire channel shut down if they get caught doing this so um i really thought this was already very much set in stone well it's 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 there is consumer law that exists that that says that this sort of thing has to be disclosed and platforms like instagram do actually have i think um like settings for for people with very large followings or who engage in this kind of paid posting in order to to display this but not everybody follows the, those rules and this this is essentially a, a lot of people being told you might be in breach of the law they said okay we'll change our practices but i just sort of you know it, it just feels a, a little bit strange and maybe the whole reason all of this exists is because it's a reminder to people because not everybody's a celebrity but a lot of people do have large followings who could get into trouble perhaps for promoting something they're paid yeah. to say and don't disclose it and this all just serves as a giant reminder that that's not okay I, but i it really stuck out to me that essentially the way that that this story had been reported at least in britain was um isn't it great how these celebrities have agreed to do what the law says they had to do anyway yeah, it's bonkers. I, I, if if that is already the case, that they should have been doing that, which I, I believe it is. Then, then yes, like this is this is this is not anything good. This is this is people patting themselves on the back for just doing what they should already be doing, um, and and trying to get some positive PR out of it when they actually don't deserve any. Um, now, the, the interesting distinction here is that just earlier on, you did mention that people need to disclose when they're sent things in for free and or if they're paid. And I think there's there's a difference sometimes. And, and you and I can approach this, uh, you know, as journalists, because we will get sent products to write about. But the difference is they're not our products. They get sent back and we're not told what to say about them. Whereas the difference. Yeah, the, the, the latter point being the, the, the important one there. I don't think they're all important, but I know what you mean. Well, yes, we're not we're not saying what somebody wants us to say. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not they're not being sent in saying we want you to focus on this and this and this. Like they are being sent in for a full review, and it may be that that product they sent in, hoping for five stars, actually gets one star and gets a slating. Um, that's the whole principle of reviews journalism, really. Yeah, I mean, if I actually remember one particular review I did probably over 10 years ago at this point that uh, got one star back when we actually did it out of 10. This is when I was working at CNET. Uh, that was so that scathing. Was 
yeah, it had to go through a lawyer before we published it. Um, but yeah, they weren't they weren't particularly happy about that. But anyway, that's that's the difference. And, and, and I still think that, that there is a clear distinction that has to be made between receiving a product in order to produce content about it, because that's not just in the world of journalism. That is also in the world of influencers and people who just have high uh, trafficking YouTube channels. You know, you should feel comfortable in a company saying we would like you to write about this sending you one in to use for a while and letting you write about it that should be okay and i don't necessarily think it is as essential to disclose that because that's just the way a lot of that industry works um the key thing is to disclose when you're being paid for it or you're being paid what to say or you're being given it as a gift and you're keeping it like they're 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 different things and i don't know maybe this this uh this story this week around social media just um, serves to remind everyone that this is the way it should be and remind kids that and I say kids because I think kids have grown up in a in a world where social media is the norm whereas when I was a kid there was no social media and so the barriers between paid and non-paid and commercial and editorial and things that the, the lines there are blurred and maybe this helps remind some of the younger people that that these celebrities will do this um and 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 you know for what it's worth i think it's okay for them to do that but they have to make it clear and i don't think we should be giving them a medal for obeying uh saying they're going to obey the law but anyway uh, any thoughts you have on this of course if you think we've missed something on this topic do let us know hello at techpodcast.uk i do sort of feel like i'm missing a key aspect to this story i just don't know what it is so maybe somebody listening um would like to let us know Well, the messaging service WhatsApp, Andy, has announced that it's lowering the forwarding limit of messages worldwide from 20 people or groups to five, Engadget and many others wrote this week. The update applies the limit uh, from January 21st, so in fact that has gone out already for Android users and will reach iOS at a supposedly later date. WhatsApp said on its blog that it's an attempt to fight uh, fake and misleading information from going viral on its platform, and specifically it said, quote, this will continue help keep WhatsApp focused on private messaging with close contacts. Now, the company actually tested this uh, in India last summer, also to five recipients or groups, as rumors and fake videos in particular spread pretty rapidly, actually, on the platform and, and were it's it's actually quite sad uh, and, and worrying that it was subsequently linked to a lot of violence in the country, including lynchings, um, which is one of the reasons, I think, why uh, this was tested out in India uh, initially. And, and WhatsApp said that it had made a difference in reducing um, following, uh, sorry, forwarding of messages in, uh, in the country. And so now it's being rolled out worldwide. But putting this into a wider context, WhatsApp, of course, is owned by Facebook, and Facebook's been the subject of a lot of scrutiny over its role in the spread of fake news and disinformation uh, and misinformation as well over the past year in particular, and is under investigation in a bunch of countries for things connected to that. So this is all part and parcel of Facebook and WhatsApp trying to say, we acknowledge that our platforms are being used for things like this, and this is an effort to stop that however and this is where we're going to start Andy my question is is forwarding or limiting forwarding itself enough or or is there an opportunity here to actually be a little cleverer with this and actually creating a hash of a message and maybe flagging that exact same text for example if it's been copy and pasted 
uh, if somebody else tries to follow it and actually getting ahead of something going viral rather than just trying to say you you'll have to copy and paste this and and paste it into many other groups if you want to to push it forward do you think that's an option here or do you think this is enough I think I don't think this is enough, but I think the thing that is um, that I find most interesting about this is that I didn't realise that WhatsApp was such a big uh, problem in in this stuff in terms of forwarding to huge groups and other people. Like they, they say, they want it to be about um, private messaging with close contacts. That for me is what I thought WhatsApp was. Um, I mean, if we're having this con- uh, this conversation about Twitter, like you can't retweet um you know more than five tweets about the same topic or something then um i'd feel very differently um but no i i agree with you i don't think this is i don't think this is enough people can if they wanted to copy and paste the message um i don't know how you would how you would fight that in that case because if you were then as you say either limiting um other keywords for example then you you could also be limiting um the exchange of actually important information that could be helpful um and similarly um pinging an id or a hash may again block out real information um so yeah and i'm not in favor of 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 platform owners owners being responsible for outright censorship um in this way but at the same but at the same time like there's a middle ground and they have a responsibility and maybe i don't know maybe maybe this maybe this is enough you know if it stops that sort of trigger happy forwarding activity that we see on all social media platforms really i mean if yeah. you if you think about the the ease of which it is the, the ease you have to 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 like something or share something it's it's faster to reshare something than it is to even load some of these stories in the first place you know you can yeah. retweet something without reading the story people often comment on stuff and reshare stuff based on headlines alone they're not reading the sources and they don't have time if this helps prevent some of that i'm all for it i just wonder where do you go from here you know and and if if facebook is if whatsapp rather as you rightly contrast against twitter is is supposed to be for friends and close uh, close friends um, and relatives and businesses i suppose which is part of their uh, long-term strategy but there's no public um facing element of, of whatsapp is there in terms of like you still have to be messaging with people you have connected with there, there's no you know you can't search for trends and see messages can no you? you can't and but you can send to complete strangers you know you can send to people who aren't in your contacts list so it is possible because a lot of news services have this setup where they they have um, they have large groups that you know they will send messages out to with with news headlines and things like that. Um, there's also we, we, there's another story quite recently uh, around the use of WhatsApp for the sharing of um, child sex, sexual abuse imagery, and that WhatsApp has become a particular place where where that's being done because of the nature of encryption and the fact that it is quite private. So maybe there's a there's this is something that that could help in that context as well. It's not just mm-hmm. about spreading hate or stopping the spreading of hate or disinformation. It it could be used for other things. But um, yeah, I have um, I have a few misgivings. One of the questions that the chat rooms raised, Luke, in fact, says that hashing the message will break the point to point encryption, which is which is true. And and his point is to my comment about if you were able to create a hash or like a unique identifier for a message, then uh, other 
users around the world wouldn't necessarily be able to just copy and paste it because it would be seen by the server as a repetition of that same message. Uh, it wouldn't work if it was encrypted because you wouldn't know what that was, but it could be done locally. So if mm. you were trying to copy and paste the same text into a thousand different threads, that would still be possible because that's done locally on your device. Um, so rather than being server side, which perhaps could be a way of doing it. I mean, I don't know. I'd As like to see more um, uh, more more care from media organisations themselves in terms of um, how they are using um, social media. Because I remember it was I think last year when there was a. Uh, believed to be a riot starting um, somewhere in Oxford Circus or, or maybe in the, on the underground of Oxford Circus, but um, and Twitter was suddenly aflame with with all this. Here's what's happening, and it was largely down to a particular media company had basically retweeted someone's um, tweet about an incident happening, which hadn't happened, but because um, it had been retweeted as as breaking news more and more people chimed in it became a trending topic um, people were avoiding Oxford Circus the police were then um, tweeting saying we're responding to this and actually it was consider the things that had happened were considerably considerably um, less uh, bad than uh, it ever than it ever was you're used to hearing the smooth velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup Topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Families living near airports, Andy, whose children fly their toy helicopters or planes in their gardens could be fined up to £2,500 under new government plans. This is according to a write-up on the register this week. And it's the result of a small but significant plan to change current law. And this is what it is. At present, as the register uh, says... Operators of drones that weigh less than seven kilograms are banned from flying within one kilometer or a one kilometer radius of a licensed aerodrome, which is like Heathrow or Gatwick or something. But there's new Department for Transport plans would make it illegal for any drone within 4.5 kilometers without air traffic control permission. But people flying drones that weighed less than 250 grams, so that's like a quarter of a bag of sugar, would have been exempt. But that is what's been changed uh, last Friday, I believe, and been deleted from the protection. So the moral of the story is, of course, as ever, don't fly drones and helicopters, toy helicopters, if you live near an airport. Uh, But now there is even potentially tighter legal uh, frameworks being proposed that would actually make that uh, financially rather... uh, catastrophic if you let little jimmy out or little janie out with her toy helicopter and flying it into a 737 smart andy yeah i think so actually uh, this seems quite um quite harsh but 
we've seen so many problems with drones um, being flown around airports because people just aren't using them sensibly. And that's a problem that's only going to get worse as more and more drones are available. They are smaller. They're more affordable. Um, you know, they are children's toys, but children's toys that are capable of flying a kilometre away and up in the air to actually get in the way of aircraft. Um, it, it's also, it seems maybe a little backwards. It's almost like back in the day when people would have um, model aircraft, they'd have to actually go to an airfield in order to to fly them with with a you know with a model aircraft club. But it's largely down to the you know needing an actual runway to take these um, to take off. Um, but it was like you know it's a safe space that was set aside in order for this activity to take place. And I know that's kind of not the point of drones. It's that you know you can use the camera to have a look at your house or a nice a nice beautiful area or something like that. But there is two there are too many problems with drones in airports and frankly i i don't know what 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 can be done about well, this well this Th- is this things- is essentially what can be done and this is coming on the heels if you remember of in um in december we had the problems where about 140 odd thousand people at gatwick were affected by because of drone sightings in the area there's about a thousand flights that were cancelled and gatwick spent several million pounds on on upgrades to its uh its facilities if you like to try and prevent it and then it happened a similar thing threatened to be happen happen again in in january at heathrow where departures were temporarily stopped uh, there at, at the beginning of this month because uh, a drone was reported to have been sighted so you're right this is only gonna this is only gonna get worse but uh, you know the, i don't know I'm I'm slightly stumped on this, and the reason is because I just think it should be obvious that if you live near an airport, you shouldn't be flying a drone. Um, yeah, but things like that that doesn't work with people. I mean, um, some some drones, like I think most of the DJI drones, as far as I knew, anyway, they have um, intelligent systems built in that won't let you fly them that close to an airport. It's like that, that's actually part of the the software. I mean, I'm sure it's probably fairly easy to override that if you if you if you want. It's not to, easy, but cunning. you but you but you can do it. Yeah, but but I'm sure the people who, you know, the average consumer, which um, you know, the everyday guy in the street, which is the worry that the that the airports have, because it's it is those people who think, oh, let's fly it over the airport. I've just got this new toy for Christmas. Let's go and take it out. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how else this can this can be tackled because you know, if automated services don't really work, they've tried. You know, they've discussed all kinds of like drone takedown measures around airports but then as well it's not just airports there are a lot of air bases around the uk as well and there are a lot of them that um you know will be marked on on you know like air traffic control maps but then so will will they start to count towards you know it within this four kilometer area of where you can't fly or is it you know major international commercial airports that um that is the only um focus because if you're talking about all airfields, there's so many in Britain that really four kilometres, you, you're going to find a surprisingly few amount of places in the UK where you can actually legally and safely fly your drone. The Goit Valley in Derbyshire. Probably. I, I think that'd be okay. Yeah. I think that'd be fine. Yeah, but like a lot of most of Lincolnshire, you could you probably can't fly a drone. Um, if if that was the case, one of the things I wanted to uh, raise is down the line we're going to have a lot more flying vehicles because cars, uh, things from Amazon, delivery companies, everyone is experimenting with some form of driverless autonomous aerial 
vehicle in some way. And so we're probably only just at the very beginning of, I would say, some of the problems that these otherwise very useful technologies are going to have. And perhaps if this is a way of sort of having uh, legislators and MPs and leaders kind of getting their head around this new technology, maybe down the line when we actually get towards more practical um, uh, systems like deliveries of of blood in a in a car crash incident that are currently taken on the back of a motorcycle or if you desperately need some cookies to be delivered from Lidl and you just cannot be bothered to get on the train to Stratford so you have somebody drone them over to you you know if we can legislate in a way that makes that possible faster and safer by getting some of this stuff out of the way now in the way that we're talking about then I'm, I suppose I'm for that actually I just think little cookies that good little cookies Andy are the best chocolate chip cookies you can buy in England. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast. If you have an opinion, simply find the nearest pigeon and sellotape your thoughts to it before encouraging it to fly to our studio. Alternatively, send us an email using hello at techpodcast.uk. Please note, pigeons will not be returned. Well, that's going to do it for uh, for this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to the chat room for showing up with uh, quite literally just a few moments' notice when we decided we could do a show today. Um, if you're one of our patrons supporting us every week, thank you so much. If you're not, you can head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech and you get access to our entire back catalogue as well. So you can check out what you're missing. And if you're one of our newest signups, don't forget to uh, make sure you get your exclusive RSS feed and you get our ad free versions. Andy, thank you for joining on the drop of a hat. Thank you for having me as always. What What have you been working on recently that people should know about? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, There's not a lot that's publishing soon, actually. I've been working on various magazine features, but they're all quite long lead. Um, So best just to keep your eye with at Battery HQ on Instagram and Twitter, um, just to see um, either my photos or other things I've been up to, respectively. Great. And are you bringing the CNET podcast, CNET UK podcast back anytime soon? Uh, yes, we will be um, bringing that back. Again, same as you, we want to bring it back at a point when we can commit to it being a weekly show. Um, and that hasn't quite happened as we've all been away. That's fair enough. Well, uh, look out for that then. Good to know that's coming back. And uh, as he says, at Battery HQ on Instagram and Twitter for all of Andy's photography and consumer tech insights uh thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you all being well next week you've been listening to text message with your host nate langson if you get value from the show please consider joining our many supporters on patreon you can get access to a version of the show every week with no ads and as much as 40 percent more discussion every time there's no obligation so why not try a month by going to patreon.com forward slash uk tech or looking for the link in this episode's description When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.